Hi, James. Ben, how are you? Uh, good, so soon. <laughs> it's, it's, I feel like we just said goodbye. <laughs> like London buses, nothing for months and then two come along at once. Is that a saying? Yeah, that is actually a saying. They say that about London. Well, I don't know. It's six months. Oh, they, I did. I did pick up that they say about London buses. Yes. Yeah, not six <laughs> months. Um, but yes, they, they 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 never come along, and then they all come along at once. And here well, there we are. You go. Cultural cultural learning experience. Uh, it, it is true. I mean, it's also a case of um, uh, catnip for us on this podcast. What we might be talking about, which might <laughs> might be the other reason that we're back. Yeah, seriously. I I thought I I said oh, I might you know occasionally take some more days off slow down my posting a little bit and then like 47 gazillion things happen at once which was but it was good in, in a couple of respects one um is interesting stuff mm. two i found myself very reinvigorated like in like wanting more days to post like the mm. the all i mean because while this meta thing happened which we're going to talk about today there is simultaneously all these earnings that involve like the ad ecosystem and the impact mm. of apple's changes which i've been you know covering you know for for a few years now and sort of and this was like the 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 period that it all happened i feel like I've, I've barely talked about that and so yeah there there's a there's a lot going on but which is good it's fun yeah no it is fun when all of a sudden it starts happening and it's not yeah a well, the, the whole thing happened too which which we should we should probably talk about at some point and then oh, yes. i didn't even cover microsoft's keynote which is very metaverse centric as well so yeah we'll see we'll, we'll, I, we're gonna be meta focused i think today but uh, from a meta perspective, there is a lot going on. So you didn't. I know it took me a minute and forty five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you did. Um, yeah, well, it, well, you start because I've I've written a piece about this. I wrote a follow up in the Daily Update. I obviously did that interview with with Mark Zuckerberg. I've done a couple of episodes of dithering about this. I've talked a lot about the metaverse, and I actually feel like I could talk more about it. So I, mm. I'm not worried about this podcast. But mm. this is your first sort of outlet to to sort of. Coming in from uh, from the outside, relatively speaking, uh, you know what, what's your what's your take? Um, so I, I think there are a couple of distinct things. One is the the metaverse agnostic of who's who's providing the service, and then right because I wrote about this summer, but we had a, we weren't podcasting then, so we, this is a chance that we we get, we get to talk about the concept generally. So it's great. yeah, and I, I and then I think there's the respective different companies and. I, I will perhaps say that it's the respective different companies that that woke me up the most in terms of like wanting to speak to you about it. But I also think just the um, the general concept is one that is really interesting, and I think it's I I, I will admit to feeling like I was pretty skeptical about this for a long period of time. Like the VR thing, I think we probably shared pretty similar perspectives on it. That VR is like you go into this this world where you're completely isolated from other people. And eh, I mean, augmented reality feels to me to be a much more promising technology in that regard. It's it's out in the physical world and it's overlaying in the same way that kind of like the phone or a watch would do. So I, I was more bullish on this. But I think one of the things I learned from COVID um, is it's really important to zero assumptions when something new comes along. And for me, like the people who responded best to COVID were the ones that were, were able to do that. Like they were quick, they, they had this vision of what the future were, was going to be like, all the things they were going to do. And the ones that were able to put that aside most quickly and revisit all their assumptions were the ones that tended to respond best to it. And I feel like interesting. So just sort of like at a general level, like nothing yeah. to do with the metaverse, just people who could sort of 
oh, wait, the situation is now totally different. I'm going to reevaluate where I live, what I do, et cetera, et cetera. Th- that, that's what you're referring to. Totally. And I, I saw this in terms of just people's different reactions. I mean, it's it's one of those beautiful nested things, like people's different reactions to it um, in terms of like, uh, you know, I have projections of how the world is going to be. I have a holiday planned. Are we going to do this inside of our business, whatever? And the ones that were most quickly able to respond to it did really well. And it, it, it nested all the way up into governments, the governments that were most quickly able to put aside the plans that they had or, or whatever it was going to be about how things were going to go were the ones that seemed to respond the best. And the ones that kind of shoved their heads in the ground or, or remained, I mean, maybe perhaps the nicer way of saying it is remained attached to their previous thinking, remained attached to their previous vision of what the future was going to be like were the ones that suffered the most. And that was an important learning for me. And I feel like COVID itself is an interesting opportunity to revisit VR. And I I mean, my day job is an executive inside of a company and a lot of the thinking that's going on around how do we couple remote work with the the obvious benefits that you get from having people in the same place, soft con- like soft connections, for example, like serendipity that Jobs used to talk about and was one of the big things that, for example, they thought about when they were designing the Apple campus. But also, not, not just that, there's also the case of presence. Like meetings today, especially online meetings, there tends to need to be an agenda. There needs to be a reason for people to get together. And that was different from the office where we were all in there together without necessarily, I mean, obviously we were there to do our jobs, but we weren't there just to do meetings. Like we would have some meetings and then we would be back at our desks and we'd go off to lunch, see people and and more just spend time together. There's a, there's a presence thing. And I feel like that is typically really underestimated in terms of creating new ideas or building, building things or working through difficult topics, just spending time with people together. And if you have if you have really good friends, really close friends that you work with, then you still do it. You'll jump on the phone and you'll just hang out. And there are certain one-on-ones that I have where we run out of things to talk about and we just hang around and shoot the shit. And stuff, really valuable stuff comes up, working through difficult things or coming up with harebrained ideas, and you just bounce that off of people. But the opportunities to do that in the present working environment, the posture where everybody's remote and you kind of need to have a reason to get in a hangout or a zoom call with somebody it's less than what it used to be and i think one of the things that the metaverse offers especially from a business perspective and this is where again my my reframing has taken place i'm almost thinking about this now more like the emergence of the personal computer i had always thought about vr more as like the emergence of the phone but given the set of problems that businesses are facing and trying to get people to work well together and do a difficult creative stuff out on the frontier, having an environment where they can do that, despite the fact that they're now spread all over the globe, I think could be really, really powerful. And I'm actually curious to hear your perspective on this because Unlike you, unlike me, rather, I haven't used the device, and I think you might have in the context of exactly this type of thing, and I, I wonder how you found it. 
Well, I, mean, I think we could basically end the podcast now because you did a very good job of articulating my position. <laughs> this might be this might be very boring because I I basically completely agree one hundred percent with everything you just said, and I'm gonna I'm gonna elongate our talk by sort of stepping through them piece by piece. Mm. But uh, we just sort of gave away the ending here. I think you're I think where you're going is exactly right. We're completely on the same page. So go back to AR versus VR, and I wrote this piece ages ago where I'm like. Technology has two tracks. There's the immersive track and there's the sort of uh, accompaniment track. And the immersive track is like movies and video games and this idea where it's a destination. You go and do something. Mm. You give it your full attention. And I'm like, that's VR. You go there and you put your headset on and you're having an experience. And like, what is, and I'm like, that's, that's super valuable. Like, I mean, mo- movies is a big business. Video games is like a way bigger business than movies. It, it's obviously a, a big thing. I'm like, but it's not as big as the accompaniment business. This is where there's so many moments in your day to be filled, you know, whether it be, you know, waiting for the London bus, right? Like there's, you you have plenty of time to fill fill time there. Going to the bathroom, right? Like my favorite example, right? There's lots of time to be filled. And the reason why the smartphone is so much more valuable and such a bigger market than than anything else is because it's with you all the time. And Mm. it fills all every available moment when you're not doing something else and it often accompanies you when you're doing something else like you're watching tv and you're also on your phone right and and, and you know and so am i an ar that's going to be an accompaniment you wear it you display information as you move around obviously ar is a much bigger market than vr now that, that's been my position for several years it's all well, i was pretty skeptical of facebook pretty very skeptical of facebook buying oculus i'm like oh mark Zuckerberg just wants to own a platform mm. yeah, and like and this doesn't make sense because Facebook is an app that fills the in-between times right you don't like I think I used this example before you don't like put check Facebook on your calendar right you know, oh check Facebook time you, you know, it's like I'm gonna it's like whereas that that was like VR meant to be I'm like oh, this doesn't make any sense but what what has really shifted my thinking and COVID definitely ties into this is when you think about, I think the the phrase, and I've used this on a couple of podcasts, I think I use it in my article, I'm going to use it again because I think it's an important distinction. I think the phrase work from home is a misnomer. Mm. What you are actually doing is you are working online. You, you're like, you're working on your computer, right? You're doing, you're working in a Google doc or a text editor or, or writing code or whatever mm. it might be, editing video, whatever, like whatever it might be. And again, and we are definitely talking about white collar knowledge workers by mm-hmm. and large. Uh, and I actually, I, 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 I want to talk about the, the not white collar knowledge workers. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's a follow up to our previous podcast, but we'll get to that in a moment. So let's focus on, on just the white collar knowledge workers. You are working on your computer, your computer's online. Like if you're working on Google docs, like you're literally online, right? Like, and so you're, you're very much online. Then you call into a zoom meeting on your computer, which is online. Then you have a text message or whatever it might be. All of it is happening online you physically happen to be at home but you being at home has absolutely nothing to do with your work experience Mm -hmm. you could be in a coffee shop you could be on a beach in thailand you could be like you could be anywhere and and there is this very distinct and clear and kind of absolute bifurcation between the physical world and your work world it's it it's totally separate and when you start thinking about it that way, where you your work is completely distinct from your physical environment, suddenly the idea of putting on a headset to go to work 
makes all kinds of sense. Of mm. course, you want to go to a different place. And you think about the troubles that people have encountered working from home. You know, the, the kids are around, the pets are around, like it's noisy. Like, like what, are you, what are you always trying to do? You're trying to get focused. You're trying to like just get away from your physical environment so that you can focus on your work or focus on your meeting or your one-on-one or whatever it might be. And, and actually the idea of putting on a headset and being completely removed from your physical world sounds not like a, a a bad thing it sounds like a great thing and and i think this and this is what has really sort of changed my again we'll get to the facebook part specifically but about vr generally it has really changed my thinking about this is yes we actually all do have a destination in our day-to-day lives and that destination is work and that and that destination takes up actually a large chunk of time in our day and something that serves that and makes that a, a better place to go to suddenly becomes very compelling. Now, to your point, it also helped that I did try I've, – I've had an Oculus 2 for a while. Facebook came out with this product, uh, uh, Horizon Workroom. So Horizon is kind of like their brand name within Oculus. Actually, I thought they were going to change the company's name to Horizon. Um it does sound like Verizon, which is a problem. But um, <laughs> but, but uh, the we give the name later. But uh, what was and what's interesting about workrooms is, and people were making fun of this yesterday because Microsoft had the same thing. You have these disembodied avatars with no legs, and it looks stupid. Like it, it absolutely does. Freely, freely admit it looks dumb. But w- the thing with Horizon workrooms is, so you can be in this room. One thing that's really compelling is you can bring your computer into it. And so like you're basically running a demon on your computer that projects the Mm. computer into the space. And then if you have a, they only support a limited number of keyboards now, uh, but your keyboard will actually appear below your fingers. And, and so you could actually, and it was this sort of this mind blowing moment. It was, I can tell you exactly when it was, I was getting briefed on horizon workrooms by Facebook. And there was two people doing the briefing and the, the gentleman on the right, and they were actually both in London, uh, coincidentally enough, he was walking me through the different features, et cetera, et cetera. And meanwhile, the woman next to him was clearly sitting at her computer doing email, like not, not paying attention at all. <laughs> and that actually made was so compelling because that's what happens in real meetings. People who aren't involved mm. in the conversation are just sitting on their computers doing email. And she wasn't having to sit there and twiddle her thumbs like, why am I stuck in this stupid meeting and I have nothing to do? Like, no, she was just using her computer and she was doing email. And and meanwhile, the, the actual experience of it, because one of the best things about Horizon Workrooms and the Oculus is they did a really great job with spatial audio where you turn your head and like the, the, like the, the voice of whoever's speaking is mm-hmm. is always in the right sort of 3D space. And and so and what happens is you get in there and you start talking and it is it's it's shockingly immersive. And this what you mentioned this word presence, there's a reason Facebook keeps using that word cuz it was very tangible. And I actually ended up buying Icosis for all the whole team that's working with me on on, on building passport and mm. we only use it once a week because like if you're just dipping in and like running through like like you know issues, it just zooms easier sometimes. It's the computer experience inside is still not great cuz the, the they're not high resolution enough. It kind of hurts my eyes a little bit to be to, to, to be perfectly honest. But when we're sitting down and like making like roadmap planning or talking through an issue, it's like it, it's very tangible. It's very tangible. It feels like we're on the same room. You look up, an hour has passed, and you don't even realize it. How many times does that happen on a Zoom call? Right, where where just the time seems to fly by, mm-hmm. and and so the so the, these two things: one, just really reframing the way I think about working online versus work from home, and then number two, the experience of 
getting a taste of this again it's the hardware is not good enough there's lots of mm. issues with it but getting that sense of presence like it's it's really compelling and i i mean i got a lot you know i heard from people lots of people that that are very experienced in tech investors stuff like that that push back you know it's now this is it's, it's crap it's a bad experience you know no one wants to do it i don't know i, I it's pretty compelling i i, I i'm i'm kind of convinced that particularly for work this experience is is a going to be a pretty attractive one the fact that you feel like that about it is actually pretty convincing to me as well i, I mean I've been through experiences like this. Like I worked in a previous life. I, I worked on that book with Professor Christensen and the third co-author Karen Dillon, who was um, who was living and working in London at the time while I was in Boston. And we, it, like, my work life then was one window was Skype, where we would just hang out all the time and just chat to each other. And then another window was like a Google doc where we would, we got to the point of being able to finish each other's sentences, which was (laughs) quite a cool experience. But I can imagine that it would have taken it up another level. If like you describe, you're in a, you're in an environment where you, I mean, you kind of lose track of time because it's typically the case that you're right. When you're in those zoom meetings, it can feel very, it, it doesn't feel like that. Well, you're you're constantly having to force yourself to focus on the screen, right? right? Like, because it, it, there's nothing that grips you, yes. and so you're like, like, and so it, you know, it's terrible because I have three monitors here, so <laughs> you're like, Twitter's just one monitor over. Mm-hmm. I can look over there real quick, and suddenly I've missed the last thirty seconds of what yeah. happened, and, and so you know, which I mean, of course, you can look at Twitter in a meeting, but it's it's a it's it's a different, it's definitely a different sort of experience, and, and there's lots of cool stuff in there. Again, I. I you can go try Horizon Workrooms now. I, let me promise you, it's underwhelming from a technical perspective. Like, there's still a lot of work to do. But this idea, you can be in the room and you can project stuff on, you know, like, there's a, you, you can project stuff from your computer on, on, like, as if there's a projector. The other thing that's really cool is you can have a meeting with people who don't have VR headsets and they just appear on, like, TV screens, like, mm-hmm. just like a real meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and this, I think what, what was so compelling is the way, and why I found Workroom so interesting was the way it mixed VR and the real world. The bringing the computer in was a big deal. The mm. other people being able to call in, and it didn't feel weird that they were calling in because we're already used to people calling in and being on a, on a TV screen, right? Like right. That, that we've been doing that for years now. And then you could have a projector and uh, like it's it, I don't know, like the the um, I don't know, I, I, and <laughs> it's it's a little awkward because obviously I had this interview with Mark Zuckerberg, and you know it, and. Everyone's skeptical of this, and Facebook's obviously very controversial. And I don't, and I'm super sensitive. I don't want to sound like a shill or anything. And, but <laughs> this is not this is not a statement about Facebook per se. It's just about right. this idea. You go somewhere. Yeah. I, I think the bit the the flip for me on this was again when, and I mentioned this earlier when it started to go from like a consumer technology to a business technology and thinking yes. about the 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 incredible upside you get from just having creative people working on hard problems together and creating a, a sense of presence and then everyone's scattered and then all the all the hand wringing that's going on about real estate and how you use it right now like we uh, i think there are certain people who still in in that in the spirit of 
zeroing assumptions. They think that when they go back to the office, it's going to be like what it was pre-pandemic. But the problem is that's not what the office is that you have anymore because so many people have left, so many people's expectations around how they're going to work and where they're going to work is going to change. The people that you just assumed would always be there aren't going to be there. And I've heard from from companies that have gone back early or in geographies like Australia where COVID wasn't such a big thing, for example, at the start of the year, they reopen the office and everyone, like people get excited and go in, but the people they expect to be there aren't there and then it kind of dies down and even the people that were excited about going back aren't there. So I think it's, I I don't know, like my, my like is this going to be a thing started to flip a little bit when I viewed it more as a business technology. And then you start to see the the parallel between how the PC got adopted. And then you have these things in people's homes because businesses are providing them. And then entertainment use, case start, yep. use cases start to come along and you can really start to maybe see a future. And when businesses don't need to pay for real estate, they can just buy people a VR headset. Like I could see some forward thinking companies taking that approach. No, this is this is this is a critical point. So, two things. I'm going to come back to this point because it's really important. We can dwell on that for a little bit. Um, I thought one of the most interesting things Zuckerberg said in the in the interview is, in like five years or so, a VR headset is going to be superior to monitors for working on the PC. And you think about that for like ten seconds. Like, of course they will be. Like, I'm thinking here. Like, I, I you know I ordered one of the new MacBook Pros. I'm very excited about it. But I'm like, hmm. what am I going to do for a monitor? I've been using an iMac for the last little bit. Like, oh, Apple has that stupid XDR, and like they don't have an, an intervening bottle. And I get the LG, but I have three three monitors. You know, if I get to re- recreate the setup, blah blah blah. No one wants to hear about my my you know uh, rich tech problems. problems. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but but like, what if I could have a super high fidelity, comfortable I could have 15 monitors if I wanted to. I could do like do whatever I like. You think about it in this idea that, oh, yeah, I can have this computer that I carry around, but also I can have this super high end full fidelity experience. Again, the tech is not there right now. I would not want to use the Oculus 2 for work. It, the battery's not good enough. The resolution isn't good enough. Like there's lots of reasons not, 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 mm. not to use it. But, you know, <laughs> betting against the evolution of technology is a horrible idea. It always has been. We've seen it again and again. And that idea that, well, what if now I have to go get the Oculus and put it on for a meeting? What if I already have it on? And now I just literally like click on click on a door in my virtual reality environment and I go into a meeting and other people are there that that like it is expensive it, from a user experience perspective, it is expensive to put that headset on and off, right? Like, even though it doesn't take that long, you got to put it on, you mm-hmm. got to log in, you got to click in, and, and no one wants to do that. It's, it's easier to just click a Zoom button, right? What happens when going to a meeting is as easy as clicking a Zoom button because you already have it on, right? Right, and that and that's where the, you know suddenly you sort of cross the line where it's like. Why would you not want to be in VR when you're in a meeting? You know, maybe because you, you know you're outside and you're calling in from a coffee shop and you don't want to look like a moron. But you know, like, but that's going to be the the less likely scenario. And then to your point, and this is absolutely critical. I, I and uh, the reason the PC came to market is because enterprises bought PCs for their employees. Hmm. The b- whole problem with the Mac, Apple's problem is that it was a PC for consumers and consumers didn't know why or for what reason they should buy it. They should spend hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars on, on, on a Mac. And meanwhile, the Mac, you know, 
DOS was first. Like people say, oh, you know, Windows came after the Mac. Windows was built on DOS. DOS was first. It wrote on the coattails of IBM. Businesses wanted PCs for their employees because they saw it could make them more productive. And then to your point, very well stated, I 100% agree. People got used to using computers and they wanted to use them at home. And then once they wanted to, and that's what opened up the consumer market. It was the opposite of the phone where the phone had the advantage of people already had mobile phones. Like, am I going to buy another mobile phone or am I going to buy a smartphone, which can do 5 million more things? And, you know, I'll pay a little bit more for it because the experience is so much better. Like Apple had a big advantage in the smartphone face because the market already existed. The challenge for VR is the market doesn't exist. And who's going to make that market exist? CIOs and CTOs, just like the PC market. I think that's exactly right. And and once they start buying headsets for everyone and everyone's at home, like, wow, what else can I do with this headset? And then they start exploring sort of, you know, consumer and user use cases. It's, you know, I think 190 something episodes of this podcast, it's always been about technology infusing the real world. And I think... What's really interesting about this conversation and just listening to you talk about uh, like that, that, that like clicking doors, it's, it's, and people being there in presence, like it's, it's almost the opposite. It's like real world infusing technology. Yeah. Well, you, you want to hear what the most of your things about Horizon Workrooms is so you're everyone right now, because it's a beta, there's only one room. And so everyone's always in the same room. Now it does work where if you're in different positions around the table, like you, 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 like you see the different parts of the room, you can turn your head around. You can, like it's a 360 degree experience. Mm. But one thing I noticed, and this was when I was getting the demo, is I could see the edge of a door, and I asked them, I'm like, oh, where does the door go? And he's like, it goes nowhere. He's like, but what we figured out in testing was if we didn't have a door, people felt claustrophobic. Uh-huh. But if we had an obvious door people were obsessed with how can I go through the door? And so the way the door is positioned is you can tell there's a door there, but you, it's not like, but it's, so if you're, if you're feeling claustrophobic, you, oh, there's a door, but most of the time you're not going to notice it. So you're not going to get obsessed with it. And so to your point, it's this idea of bringing in real world metaphors is actually, it, it, it's a very important thing. and something that, that they, they had to do a lot of like uh, thinking about and, and, and how does it actually manifest itself in that sort of environment? Right. Right. Um, yeah, I'm just imagining being in the matrix and like you're stuck in one of those rooms with no door. I think yeah. that would that would feel pretty that that's not great. That doesn't I mean, feel so good. I mean, it could be like a smartphone thing, right? Where originally the smartphone had to be super skeuomorphic because like mm. you're, it's a new sort of experience, and you needed the 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 connection to the real world to navigate it. Now you don't, right? Like, you know, as much as we all pine for the original iPhone design, if it was actually on our phones today, we'd be like, what's going on here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it could could end up turning out like that, but I think it's going to be heavily skeuomorphic to start. And that's going to be, you know, that's going to be sort of the the appropriate thing, uh, you know, as far as this goes. But the, um, I mean, I, I would like to think to my credit, uh, this idea of the work thing, I was on earlier before this came up with Facebook because over the summer, you know, Facebook announced, oh, we're doing this big pivot to the metaverse. And mm-hmm. then like two days later, Microsoft had an earnings call where Satya Nadal talks about the enterprise metaverse. Everyone's like mocking him. Oh, you know, yeah, Facebook talks about it. Da, da, da. Actually, I went back and watched and Satya Nadal brought up the enterprise metaverse like months ago. Like, so Microsoft was actually first to this. And I think rightly so. I actually think the Microsoft angle is in some respects even more interesting than the Facebook angle for two reasons. 
So number one, if we are right that this is first and foremost an enterprise play, then Microsoft is obviously mm-hmm. extremely well positioned for this. And micro- and they've been building up their hardware capabilities. They obviously have the HoloLens, which is which is AR. But it, but I think that's a point where it's like, okay, we're working on this technology. Everyone thought AR is kind of like the more mm-hmm. exciting application. I, I think this idea, I think the COVID was really a critical point here that really sort of landed this idea. You no, know, actually, VR might actually be more interesting than AR, which I I I I know think so. Like I've completely sort of changed my mind on this, and, and so and so they've been working on this. But then number two, Microsoft. Like, what have we been talking about Microsoft for the last five six years? Microsoft has transitioned from a company that was centered around the PC to a company that was centered around being online. And the locus of their, they're still pursuing the same operating system strategy. They always, they always have where they own the core piece. Other people can plug into it. If you use Microsoft stuff, it's going to work better. It's going to all work together. That used to be the case with windows and windows server and the office applications and exchange and outlook and all those sorts of pieces. Today, it's Teams, and Teams is your environment, and you click on Teams, and you can go to meetings, and you can click into documents, and people who haven't used Teams, like, the chat experience, again, is, is terrible, particularly relative to Slack. It's, it's definitely not as good, but what's amazing is you can have these channels, and you can have all your documents there in a tab within that channel, and everything that's associated with the project in that channel, and you click a button, you can have a meeting with the people that are associated with that, and it's very much this this operating system sort of idea where you you, if you're a a teams company going to work entails opening up teams and it's an completely online experience. And it's actually a very, very small bridge from the model that Microsoft already has to it just being completely virtual. It is completely virtual. It's just 2d right now. The, the, the only bridge is to go to 3d, which is going to be a better experience. It's really interesting to think about if, and I, I guess this is the segue from metaverse as a general concept into the individual groundings of the specific companies and how they might attack it. Um, but it's, it's interesting to think about this from the perspective of if, if, if our thesis on this is right and this is going to be first an enterprise play, would you rather come at it from the perspective of Let's just stick with the two companies that we, we've mentioned so far, Microsoft or Facebook. Like, do we think that, do, well, do you think that the, the most critical thing for unlocking this is actually having the, the enterprise operating system? Or do you actually think the more critical piece of this for unlocking this use case is the hardware? And my inclination is Microsoft does, has had this, but it's always felt as more of a research project. And Facebook, to its credit, has been shipping this hardware and consistently improving it, like getting it out to market, driving down the price. And I feel like, like your description where this still isn't good enough, but you can kind of see the trajectory it's on. You can kind of, like the price point now, what it's running at like two ninety nine or something like that. That's not an outrageous thing for a company to invest in for all its employees. Microsoft feels like it's way behind on the hardware front, and I almost feel like the hardware is more important to unlocking creating this presence than it is having the business operating system, so to speak. There's a few different angles to unpack here, and I think you're pushing on the, on the right questions. So, number one, I would say. 
hardware being equal, Microsoft would be the queer favorite if, in the enterprise space just because of their existing mm-hmm. position, their Agreed. existing shells channel, and their existing – again, they've, they're already creating the infrastructure of work around this concept. And, and so, I mean, and I, I put in the daily update a couple of days ago, I think Microsoft should, should be buying HTC or buying mm-hmm. – there's this super high-end headset that's really interesting. It's like seven or $8,000. They, they actually – they have – not only do they have super high resolution uh, screens for each eye, but in the center of your view part, they have an even higher resolution screen. So it's like mimicking your eye where when you focus straight ahead, it's it like that's where your oh, eye wow. is most. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I kind of want to buy one to try it out. <laughs> but uh, it's like it costs as much as a, as an XDR. So I mean, the um, but. I mean, I think that the, the because of that, I think Microsoft should be investing extremely heavily in this space, and mm. they should pursue the old Microsoft strategy where they should be investing in this space, and they should be giving the technology away to OEMs and let OEMs really start competing to mm. build headsets and that that run on Microsoft stuff. Like, just play the Windows strategy again. Yeah. Like th- that's exactly what I think they should do. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. At the same time, to your point. When when you're entering a new market, this is classic sort of, you know, the disruption theory that we've talked about, the more integrated and the more sort of tightly tied together and the more dedicated you are to an experience that's not good enough, the advantage goes to the, the fully integrated yeah. and fully committed sort of player. And, and to Facebook's credit, people are looking at this. And saying, oh, Facebook's trying to distract from their problems, or Facebook is something. Facebook bought Oculus in 2014, mm. right? Like, the, the, like, and the, yeah, and so, the, like, this isn't a sort of Johnny come lately sort of sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. they, they've they've been working on this for a while, and that's kind of the big question: Does the company with the better channel, the better sort of enterprise story for an enterprise market, end up winning with potentially not as good or behind hardware, or can Facebook actually break into this space by virtue of having superior hardware? And oh, by the way, if they want to break into this space, they can't be called Facebook. Like, like no one wants to use Facebook at work. If you want to, if you want to just in a nutshell understand why this name change had to happen, this context that this is an enterprise play. First and foremost, at least that's your and my take. Well, we'll see if Facebook agrees or not. It, it definitely dictates a name change. And this is where the crux of it for me, and this is probably what motivated me to want to speak to you about this topic, because it's it's not just it's not just the integrated player versus the enterprise player. There's nothing that Facebook now does without coming at things with a whole heap of baggage. And I, I don't want to like this is not about getting into the Facebook papers or whatever. Like there was there was. No, I, there was, <laughs> I don't feel there was that much in there that was would be surprising to anyone who's listened to us for a few years. It felt yeah, like, we, okay. we, which also make, kind of makes one raise one's eyebrows, right? It's yeah, like, they'd like to get something new, uh, right. but it was kind of just the same problems presented in a new, yeah, or the and, same same concerns presented in a new way. And watching watching people who work there who are good people try and grapple with these problems, and they're not easy problems. That being said. This is a company where the original product was created for like people to to rate the looks of women on uh, like on a like pulling things down. There there's just been there is just an underlying approach. Like reading that interview with Mark Zuckerberg and thinking about what we've talked about on this podcast, there is just an underlying approach to his belief around how people interact with one another 
And this manifests in all kinds of ways. Like we talked about the real graph search. We've talked about how he doesn't think there should be different identities. Like uh, the fact that he thinks that um, the way that they will monetize this is potentially through advertising and therefore the linkages with the existing Facebook business model. There is just a a way that I think he relates to humanity and it's, it's extremely spiky. Like there's no doubt there's an incredible insight required into humans and how they behave and how they relate to each other to be able to come up with the idea of Facebook and, and uh, like see around the corner and purchase Instagram. That being said, there's just this disease I have with and I think about where uh, I, I read the interview and he talks about how other technology companies are all about how they're humans interacting with technology. And Facebook is all about uh, creating, a, like I think he used words like humans interacting with each other. It's all about the, the people. But I, I, I look at the deep relationships that I have with people and where I'm my best self with them in so much as technology, where I feel like my relationships with them deepen versus where I'm a version of myself that I'm perhaps less okay with, where it's projecting what I want people to see as opposed to feeling comfortable being really authentic. And I I think, like, I think about other technology companies being better at creating environments where I do create that true deep sense of connection, like I FaceTime or Skype, and maybe the messaging things are all interchangeable now. But then I think about the like when when my relationships are intermediated with Facebook, and it just doesn't feel as authentic. It, like yes, it's easy to keep up on a loose basis, but it's all about projecting this sense of self. Like, isn't everything great? And it doesn't feel authentic. And then. I start to think about, I mean, like, I'm sure you've, you've seen that photo of Mark Zuckerberg walking in a keynote and everybody's got an Oculus over their head and like the parallels there with the matrix. Like if, if this thing actually becomes a dominant technology starting off in the enterprise, but then spreading into the consumer world and it becomes an increasing, uh, an, an increasing medium through which we engage with one another, it, does make me deeply uncomfortable that it's going to be Facebook on top of that. Um, right, well, you're, 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 you're cramming together a whole bunch of points. So yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off there and run through a few of them. Yeah. So uh, you, we are going to, for the purposes of this episode, because you staked <laughs> ground first, you're going to be a uh, Facebook critic, which I know you're most comfortable in. I'm going to have to be <laughs> stuck being Facebook defender. But all that to say, I, I agree with a lot of the points you just said. I'm just going to sort of pick at them from the other okay. side. Okay. So one interpretation of the Facebook sort of origin story and the fact that people are like, oh, they haven't invented anything. And even you could say the original Facebook was just digitizing offline relationships, right? Like, like mm. there, um, that was, you know, what insight was there? Someone would have done that, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. There is a ability, there's a tenaciousness and ability to pivot and to throw away what came before and to do something new that has marked Facebook from the beginning. And this is a company that has sort of transformed itself and what it is uh, uh, again and again, and even with the core product. And in the face of a lot of pushback from users and employees and investors, and you know, we we talk about it in the context of why does Facebook not listen to any criticism on the outside? It's because, well, you go back to the origin story and mm-hmm. you know. Zuckerberg 
basically said, no, I'm, I'm not going to sell. We're going to do the news feed. I don't care if people are literally protesting outside of our offices. And he, and he was right. Right. And, and that, 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 that we talk about in the context of that sets a cultural expectation that Facebook should just push through in the face of criticism, but also there's the fact that he was right, right? And and this ability, to, and so the idea that could fake, like, because I think one of the key criticisms about this is to the extent we are right that enterprise is the most obvious place for this to manifest itself first and foremost, which I, I think we are, Facebook isn't an enterprise company. And like, and, you know, companies that completely changing their nature and and sort of their structure and, and their go-to-market and their business model and all these sorts of things, that's exceptionally difficult, and the only reason I think Facebook could do it is because of Zuckerberg's demonstrated ability to be quite flexible in sort of doing and pursuing what is right for the company, you know, even in the face of internal dissension and pushback. The worrying thing about what you just said is I completely agree, and um, <laughs> the, the, the statement no, is not, yeah. not an either-or, it's a both-and, like – I my criticism is not I don't think they can't pull this off. My criticism is I'm worried they you can they pull can. it off. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like the world that we end up in as a result. Like is there's never been a question about the relentlessness or the the grit or the ex, the ability to execute and the doggedness that they have and and I admire that. Um I think my my criticism you is You both admire is, it and you fear it. Yeah, well, I, I admire it independent, uh, independently, and I fear, again, in so much as this is a technology company that is the glue of relationships online, and I think about the the nature of my relationships intermediated by Facebook versus intermediated by other technology companies, and I don't like what I see. And oh, I so, so let me jump in on that one, because yeah. I think this is this – is, Again, th- this is me taking the most charitable possible interpretation mm. of Zuckerberg and of Facebook yeah. uh, to this specific point. But it's one I did I did think about in, in the context of that interview, and I thought it was one of the more interesting points that he raised. There is a there is a part of it where and this I actually I kind of mentioned this in my article where you look at Apple and Apple was a consumer company building a consumer computer for an enterprise market. They were just like and you go to the iPhone, you fast forward, nothing about Apple changed. The iPhone was a personal computer. It was far mm. like it, it's a shame we wasted the name on <laughs> on the PC because the real personal computer is the phone. It's the one that's mm. with you always. It's the one you know. Our first conversation, you know, why why I disagreed with Professor Christensen is because this was a market where consumers were buying a product that they were going to hold and use and interact with constantly, and they would pay for something superior. They would pay for look and feel. They would pay for design. It wasn't a case of enterprise paying for it and caring more about price and not caring about the the sort of end user experience. And and Apple sort of without changing its nature as a company emerged into a new market where the like the product market fit of the iPhone was not because the product changed, it's because the market changed. The product was kind of the same product that it had been 15 years previously. Steve mm. Jobs was the same guy he was before. I mean, as far as sort of product sensibilities go. Right. From a Facebook perspective, I think the bullish case to make is that, yeah, Facebook is not actually particularly social. And, and there's and I want, I've used that image that you referred to in articles previously to say like, that's kind of where we already are. Because when you open Facebook and I open Facebook, we have completely different experiences. Like in every like, and that's the crazy thing. You think about it, it's this three billion 
user product and every single user is opening the app and getting a completely distinct experience that that's sort of unique to them. And on one hand, that's amazing, just from a technological perspective, like that we could even pull that mm-hmm. off. It obviously lends itself you know, to, to the, this new kind of advertising business model that I continue to be a defender of because I think it gives small businesses and small players a, a real chance to compete with the big guys in, in a way that sort of mass media never did and, ne- and never could. But it's also not that great necessarily for social, right? It's kind of antisocial in a way mm. where, where, where we're getting like, again, in the only way that we're, I'm sort of seeing you in this experience is in a projected sense that you put on there. Cause you, when you're posting, you're posting with the full knowledge of how this is going to be consumed by everybody else. It's going to be consumed as in this individual sense, we're not going to be tying a conversation. I'm going to be sitting right. on the pot looking at my phone. Right. And you, you want to have, I like, want to impress you. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so, it, it, but that was a limitation of the technology, right? And you could make, and this actually made me also more favorable for why Facebook has been on VR very early, where you could, again, this is totally painting the most positive picture of this concept possible. But this idea like, oh, now we can actually do what we wanted to do all along. We can actually create this experience where, again, you use this keyword and Facebook uses it all the time. This isn't a marketing word for Facebook because it's very tangible what this is about. You can create presence. You can create this idea where, yeah, it's nice to look at you in a FaceTime call and look through a window. But the, to feel like we're sort of together and in the same place, it is tangibly different. And like, oh, now we can actually accomplish what we want to do along. And what we did before was just a pale imitation because of technical limitations. That does make sense. Um, I, it still doesn't necessarily make me feel better about it. Well, I mean, one, one more defense of Facebook. Okay. A lot of the things that make you feel uneasy about Facebook, and you mentioned like the graph search, for example, a lot of this was trying to make this idea of serendipitous running into people, like this idea of like being in the same environment with other folks and trying to cram it into this 2D individualized atomized experience and that's why it felt so off it was just it was the wrong sort of it was the wrong sort of manifestation of what is a legitimate thing to look for right this idea that oh i i'm in new york i can run into you or i'm in san francisco and i can run into run into you like that's that that's a valid thing to search for it's wrong to cram it into a sort of 2D environment where you can actually end up exposing all sorts of stuff to anyone all over the world that you never intended to because right. that was meant to be sort of more constrained. Right. Whereas online or in a virtual world, the idea of bumping into you, that suddenly feels a little less freaky and a little more sort of, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Maybe. I mean, the, 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 so the graph search is one example and like the Facebook API and the great data giveaway to developers in order to get developers on the Facebook platform is another one. And I have tried to like for the longest period of time and in these conversations get to a root cause of like what could cause someone to think about the world like this or what would cause me to think about it so differently. And I've been pretty vulnerable about like, going through shit myself, like questioning my sexuality and, and being in a place where my, like the, the nature of my life, I had 
problems that I had to deal with that made me realize that maybe I wouldn't want my identity out there. And like that, that I feel like helped me understand why things like graph search, where anybody could search for anyone, like, again, like someone in the Iranian government could search for users in Tehran that identified as gay. And like, that would just bring up a whole list of people, not just necessarily people in your list of contacts. And the same thing with developers, like developers wouldn't just get uh, access to the profile of the person that was using the game. They would get access to the profile of all that person's friends. And like, that made me deeply uncomfortable. And like, I come back to like, why didn't Mark Zuckerberg think about that? And like, I think you alluded to it a little bit in, in your, in your article talking about, you know, Steve Jobs went off into the wilderness. He had, he got kicked out of the company. He had all these problems, but there's also like interpersonal things that he struggled with. Like there was a illegitimate kid, all these things that he had to struggle with that, that made life difficult. And it feels to me like an, and maybe this is unfair to say it, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't feel like he's gone through a whole bunch of those things. Like he has this, this point of view of someone who's, and I don't want to criticize him for having, you know, a, a, an untroubled, and I don't even know this is entirely true. I haven't sat down with him, but this is what it feels like to me. He hasn't had to struggle with any of this stuff. And sure, Lord knows he struggled being in the public ISC or Facebook, but I'm not talking about like when we start to think about this technology and how it could be used if it's spread really widely, this could be an environment that we spend as much social time in as we spend in the real world. And someone who hasn't struggled with some of these things and come to this understanding and has this different perspective about it, it worries me someone like that being the creator of it. As spiky as he is and as much insight as he does have to have created the Facebook product and the doggedness that you talked about, like not having gone through those struggles makes me concerned about him being the creator. And I worry that we're going to see those same set of problems that I described around Facebook, the app in, if, if this Oculus thing takes off and gets widely adopted. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that that's, well, there's two big questions. I think that's obviously one of the biggest ones. I and I sort of alluded this in there. Like, like Microsoft had to go through the Steve Ballmer era, right? They had like I think that was a precondition for Satya Nadella to pivot the company away from Windows, right? Someone like Ballmer had to run the cup the Windows into the ground first, mm-hmm. right? If Satya Nadella came after Bill Gates, he couldn't have pulled it off. Steve Jobs, he left. They ran the Mac into the ground, and that like you remember how what a big deal it was when they the iPod was available for Windows, right? And but that that, like everyone could sort of wrap their head around it because the Mac had clearly lost, right? It was still even then it was so difficult for people to believe that Apple would do this. But if you thought about it for five seconds, like yeah, I guess you know it it, it makes sense. The 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 big question for Zuckerberg is like he referred to this again in the interview, even the presentation, like the last five years, the last five years, and the last five years have been very traumatic for Facebook to say the least. And I think the question you're raising did did that change the way they 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 thought about this and approach this because a lot of those mistakes you're you're talking about were those were a decade ago right and and the question i think you're presenting is is the fundamental mindset that led to those mistakes still in place or was there a lesson learned and and Mm. and i think it's completely fair and justified to be worried and skeptical whether or not it was yeah i mean it was traumatic yes i guess (laughs) was it traumatic enough it's been pretty traumatic. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, 
I can't imagine that it would have been fun living through it. At the same time, like again, this is it. it, it and again, I don't, I don't know the guy. I've never spoken to him, and but it was traumatic in the sense of like it, it felt like business crisis, PR crisis after PR crisis. And again, this technology, this is self-described. It's the social company. This is this the vision for what he's presenting is like the 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 what is the real world? And his answer was the physical world plus the digital world. And he he wants to own half of that equation with what he's doing and. I get it. Like the technology is really cool. The vision's really cool. Like what gives me a deep sense of unease is like on the personal side of things, like again, with the history, like do we want someone like that creating it? Because the context of these environments, like the context that technology gets presented in is massively important. Like Napster versus iTunes versus Spotify. Like it's all about music, but like the way people approach it and the mindset of the creators is vastly different and has vastly different outcomes. And I think that sometimes that can be under underappreciated in the creation of technology. Well, that, that leads to my second point or the, my second question, which is the, you know, Part of your concern sort of implies that this is the right vision for the metaverse and it's going to win. And I think that's the part I'm actually not sure about, right? Mm. I've always been very – I was always very, very critical of Facebook's phone efforts. And Zuckerberg would always say it should be organized on people, not apps. And you know, I wrote this article like like apps – whatever jobs to be done basically saying like my smartphone is used for way more than communicating with people that's a super important part of it it's the most compelling part of it but it's also used for lots of other stuff as well mm-hmm. and and to be organized on people and you saw this with the facebook phone and and the the launcher they did for android it just it wasn't organized right like because that wasn't the right organizing principle and now he wants to use the same organizing principle for for the metaverse and and particularly if we're right about this enterprise sort of angle I think this is maybe we can break down how we see this playing out. There's four, let's say there's four clear contenders here. Hmm. Number one is Facebook. Yeah. Number two is Microsoft. Yeah. Number three is Apple. Apple's advantages are they have the iPhone. They can offload Mm -hmm. a lot of compute onto the iPhone, you know, particularly for, for AR. Uh, They're very, they have the chips. They're great at maturization. They have the manufacturing capability They have the go to market. They have the Apple brand. They have like lots and lots of advantages in the space and they're clearly working on it. And number four is sort of like unknown startup X. Yep. And uh, and so and I what's it's so interesting is I think all four are going to take vastly different approaches to this space. And, and I think it might actually be easier to handicap than you might think. Is like, oh well, this is all ten years out. Who can we say? But I think you can actually get a pretty clear view of how they're all going to approach it, even today here in twenty twenty one. So I'll give my rankings for I'll give my rankings first on, on who I'm actually interested in this space and and then you can uh you can let me know what you think. So at number four, I think the least likely. I think it's a startup. And and, and this is interesting because I've you and I have had this debate on exponent where I've always said, no, the incumbents have a much worse chance of succeeding in you know various spaces because I think we'll use that analogy, right? When you start out, you're like walking in an open field. Mm-hmm. And you can go any direction you want to. And then you get a bike and you're a little more constrained, but you can move faster. And then you get a car and then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And once a company is sort of fully formed and operational, it's like a bullet train. It goes super fast. Mm-hmm. It's way more efficient and it can't change direction, right? It's, it's, it's only going in one direction. And so that's a reason to bet on a startup in any space in general. Startups are great bets. 
the 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 question I have is Facebook's gonna spend ten billion dollars this year, and they're gonna spend more than that next year. And Apple spending who knows how much money? Microsoft has who knows how much money? Like and. I struggle to think about hardware startups that actually, in the history of technology, have really broken through in a meaningful way. And you look at something like Magic Leap, right? It was like, look at how much money they've spent on this, and they're still on market. They spent around $2 billion, Mm -hmm. like a fifth of what Facebook's spending in one year, and Facebook's been spending for years now. And and you, you go back to PC, like it came to market via IBM. Right, like, and IBM, you know, you go back to the phone. It, it came to market via Apple, and you just look back again and again. I'm not sure in software where software is infinitely malleable, and you can change it, and you have zero distribution costs. The startup is the better bet. When it comes to hardware, I'm a little skeptical. I just because I just think that it's just such a fundamentally different problem. Yeah, it naturally begs the question. Let's define what winning is. And if winning is adoption of the hardware, then I almost think you're certainly going to be right. I would say that the dominant platform, I think that's the more, because I could definitely see Microsoft, for example, partnering with OEMs in the long run. Mm. And so, well, this is, maybe this is actually a sub question that we should have got to first. Well, this is, no, this gets to the question of what is the nature of the metaverse going to be? Right. I'm very skeptical of this Neil Stevenson model of one metaverse and you can build different businesses in it and everything's interoperable, interchangeable. I just think you look at like the internet is the metaverse. That's our interchangeable, interoperable medium. We mm-hmm. got it co- sort of by accident because it was created for a different purpose. Yeah. And we had all these standards in place. And the and that was before anyone thought you could make money on it. Now that people realize you can make money on the internet, no one wants to create an open standard. They want to create their own walled garden. Yeah. And so my assumption is the interoperable layer is the internet. And the and within the internet, you can get these deeper, richer experiences. But I don't think there's going to be one metaverse to rule them all. I think it's going to be sitting on top of the internet. The internet is going to be that that layer. I, I'm I'm pretty even though like the vision is very compelling. Is Facebook going to really allow that? I mean, Zuckerberg right. talked about it. I, that was a pretty not convincing answer in my opinion. Like Microsoft Teams is super locked down. Yes, you could plug into these third-party applications, but it's harder and harder to build like the Photoshop of the future, right? Like you could on Windows and Apple. Obviously, like they're the, they're we know yeah, how they feel yeah. about about this sort of thing, right? And I mean, it's an interesting argument in favor of Microsoft because. At least if you think, again, let's hold the thesis to be true that this gets adopted from a business perspective, how how locked down or not it is for people to be able to, I mean, I won't say hack it, but like download third-party applications and whether that's all trusted or whether it's, I mean, and, and like a Windows model versus an iOS model look vastly different. Because um, I guess the thing that motivated my concern is, if this because it's more on the societal like it's it's funny we start talking about this and adoption from a business perspective but my concern naturally relates to the more interpersonal perspective outside of the workplace and like that's where a lot of that was being motivated from and like how that's going to come to be whether that's like an official microsoft app or whether it's letting people build a, a thousand different worlds and you spend time in different ones it's a really interesting question and who's better place to do it also a yeah, good question yeah you know, when I, I think this idea, and this is where I think Microsoft is very compelling. I, uh, the they've already they're already because they were almost at a head start because they missed out on mobile, right? Mm. And so they didn't have a platform, and so they had to create this new model that sort of 
abstracted away the device because they didn't control the device anymore. At least for the they still had Windows, but they but they the vast majority of the devices in the world they didn't, and so they had to create something that was device agnostic. And mm-hmm. they've done that with their sort of general work environment, and 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 I think that that's you know it, 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 this is the bar of the metaverse why Facebook and everyone differentiates from virtual reality, and because it's not. VR only. I think the way I'm thinking about it, again, I'm, I can't speak for Facebook, but the way I'm thinking about it is the way I characterize the metaverse is it's VR first, where you're going to get the best experience in VR, but mm. you can access it via AR when you're walking around. You can access it from your phone via an app. And people are like, oh, Facebook's going to build a phone now. No, I don't think so. I think I, I think that ship has sailed. I think they realize they're only going to ever be an app on the phone, that, and the phone will just be a window into the metaverse that you can access, but the the best experience will be VR. It's not going to be a all experiences are equal. It's really like one experience is going to be, be better than the other. This is um, this conversation is actually like going to be the basis for me saying that the although you would think it based on their hardware expertise, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like literally perfect for a lot of this stuff. It actually makes me think that Apple's going to be your number three. And it relates to the same you reason. Don't, you don't be too well. You don't be too well. well. I mean, we, we, we've, I, we, we Vulcan mind melted on this stuff, right? Like, uh, like the reason Microsoft was first to, to mobile, but they just were so anchored in the Windows paradigm yep. that all they did was shift Windows into a smaller thing. And that was just not the right approach. And Apple like you said, had failed with the Mac and that almost, it was almost the blessing of failure that gave them a blank slate, almost like a startup in, in, in order to approach the iPhone and, and build it without all the assumptions of the PC. It's almost that same thinking that, um, I was talking about at the beginning of COVID, like losing a generation enables you to, it almost unconstrains you for the next one. Yeah, I look, look at how they completely screwed up the home, right? Like the, yeah. because it was so phone centric. Yeah, and Amazon was freed from being phone centric right. and be like, oh no, the home should be an ambient computing experience where you're mm-hmm. sort of surrounded by compute. And I, I think it's the exact same thing. Apple is going to be so phone centric on this. Number one, number two, I think this is going to be a scenario where you're going to really need developers in a major way, <laughs> and and you're going to need them not. Apple doesn't Apple's relationship to developers of the phone is they won the phone to the best consumer experience for a device everyone's going to buy. And so developers mm. had to go to them. It was like Apple and developers on the phone is like Apple and the music labels and iTunes. Like they, they own consumer demand to such an extent that they got to dictate terms. It's a very, very different experience when you're creating an entirely new use case. You're not riding on something else. You're not riding on a need and desire that already exists and then creating the best experience. You have to create the draw. You have to create the the attraction and you need developers to do that. And I Apple just treats developers like garbage. Like and that's never going to change. And and so th- I think they're going to be two phone centric. I think they're going to focus on AR instead of VR, and I think VR is more important and I don't think they're going to have the developer support that they need. Mm. I mean the the counterpoint. We're also giving away my article for next week. I, I'm about uh, to well, quite delay I, to release this. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the counterpoint would be if they create a VR experience so compelling that consumers want to adopt it. But I feel like well, we'll see. I think I that's a, right because you're you're creating something new, and I think right. that's and again the iPad is interesting here. They won the tablet space. I've always felt the iPad never reaches potential yeah. because. 
you needed developers because it was something new and unique. And most people just use iPads to watch video, like like an existing yeah. use case. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I you have me nailed. Apple to me is a clear number three. And then I'm going to guess Facebook is next, actually. I think Facebook is next. I think they have the advantage. I think they have the founder advantage, like which I think can't be underrated. They have the years of investment and expertise advantage. They have the it has to work, right? Like this, like, and this is like, and you think about it on one hand, it's super admirable. Like they're betting the company on this. On the other hand, what else can they do? They're not going to be able to acquire new, new networks. You know, their user base is aging. Like there, there is an extent where we, what, what else are they going to bet on? But I don't think they're an enterprise company. I think that's a big problem. Uh, they have the obvious branding issues and all those sorts of things. And I think they're, it's interesting because Zuckerberg talks a lot about we've learned our lesson from Apple where it's such a crappy experience being on their platform. We're going to be yeah. you know, much more open and, and et cetera, et cetera. And that's to me, even more than the other stuff, that's a, like, you're going to have to prove that to me, right? Like that's, that's not, that's not, you know, Facebook, another thing we don't talk about, but was like Facebook, when they had their quote unquote platform, when they were sort of a PC center company, they moved in and like stopped letting like Farmville and stuff collect the money. Like, nope, you're using Facebook credits now, <laughs> right? Like, it, mm-hmm. they were a very Apple like move. Like, so the, the, uh, I'm a little skeptical on that point, to say the least. The, the clarion call of Silicon Valley companies and platforms, and they will literally crawl over broken glass to get one, even if it means jeopardizing their own business. And it feels like Facebook's been guilty of that more than once. It's, I, 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 I'm, I think Microsoft's, I, I, I think it's their game to win. Like I, yeah. I, I, or game to lose. I don't know which way to put it. One, they have been making investments in this area. Uh, so they're not as behind as you might think if they're coming at this from nothing. Number two, they already have created the environment for this to work. Like that's what, like the way they've made teams, the operating system and everything circles around that. They're already device agnostic. And they're great with developers. Like he, he, every developer would love to work on Microsoft platforms. Like again, if, if, if the customers were there, if the user was there, because they know Microsoft's yeah. going to treat them well and they're going to get great tools. They're going to get a great shake. Like, and, and to the extent that Microsoft sort of, you know, in Microsoft, they're a developer company. They always have been. That's always been their strong point. And, and you look back like, oh, well, what if, you know, there's a reason why Microsoft didn't come up with Steam. It wasn't just because they were, I just don't think that was ever in their nature. And we've talked about this before. Microsoft used to be very explicit about how do we measure the value of Windows in the Windows ecosystem and how do we make sure it's healthy? We make sure it's healthy by ensuring that the amount of revenue we take out of the ecosystem is always below 30%. And this was like a, 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 a and they would mm. say this in their, in their uh, 10Ks every year. This year, the total value of the Windows ecosystem is XYZ. Our share was this. As you know, our goal is to always stay you know, around 25 and 30%. We don't want to – and that was because they valued the health by virtue of the overall is everyone sort of winning. And that's – again, it's the PC all over again. And the PC was a very different environment. And also, there's the sales channel. If, if this actually comes to market by selling to CTOs and CIOs who are giving it to their employees – I mean, Microsoft's bread and butter. Everyone in Silicon Valley wants to build a platform, but I feel like uh, the companies that are really good at building them are actually uh, a little bit north of California. You know, this is actually very interesting. I've I, 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 have we talked about this before, but I do think it's this is a geography really matters because you have 
employees going back and forth between Amazon and and Microsoft. And Microsoft is obviously the 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 originator of all this. And they're they just the way they think about platforms is just so fundamentally different from an Apple or a Google. Apple and Google are product companies. Mm-hmm. And, and so Apple has the biggest platform, but they're not a platform company. That's that's the like the, 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 again, it's not to diminish what they've accomplished with the App Store and all these sorts of things. It's just a reality that they have this market because they're mm-hmm. a product company. They built the best product in a consumer market. I don't think VR is going to turn out like that. I think VR is going to be an enterprise market and it's going to need developers. It's going to need to lure them in. And, and, and Microsoft, that's just the way they think, the way they operate is just so much more suited to, to the, the platform creation as opposed to sort of platform magnetism. Well, geography used to matter. Um, we'll see whether it matters. <laughs> that, that's an point. <laughs> we'll yeah. see whether it matters after this takes root. And honestly, I would never have, like, I would never in a million years have said I'm rooting for Microsoft on something. Like, I just never thought those words would come out of my mouth. But like, here we are. I, you're right. I think it's Microsoft's to lose. I think the the hardware thing, the hardware piece is the piece that, and, and maybe it's an advantage right now. Maybe the integrated. Maybe it's just like with the um, maybe it's just like with the PC era. Like the integrated solution is the is the lighthouse, but it ends up being a, mod- a more modular approach where you take the platform, the platform, the software platform on one side, and the tools for developers, and then you get the OEMs building out the hardware. Maybe that is. Oh, 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 I got, I got this, this. This. Oh, this is. See, this is makes me feel better about us having this podcast before I wrote it because this actually deepens the analogy. So. Of course, Apple was first with the GUI, and I was like, oh, Windows copied the Mac. Mm. But again, I mentioned it earlier, Windows dominance was not was rooted on being DOS compatible, and, and it, DOS was first, and it rode on the coattails of IBM, as I said. The analogy here is Teams is DOS. Mm. And, and so Facebook might come to market first. They might have the better product, but mm. if Microsoft can ship a good enough product that is sitting on top of a 2D experience like Teams that is already the right model for this sort of experience and already has applications, it already has all these sorts of tie-ins, it already has an ecosystem, that will allow them to have good enough yep. experience, good enough hardware, and then in the long run, you fast forward 10 years, if this plays out the same way, their hardware will be superior because they'll, they'll, they'll have developed that modular ecosystem in the in the christensen sense that that lets them sort of overtake yeah yeah i i i i think there's something to this like it it really does start i mean history does repeat and i there's always execution risk on all of this stuff right and so there's always a risk that you overfit the model a little bit but um this this as a as a uh sketch of what might happen and how it might play out this feels as compelling as anything else i've heard i mean i'm getting i'm developing pretty high conviction around this to be honest like more than i have uh, uh, taken a while Uh, number one i think vr is going to be real number two i think it's enterprise first and number three i think microsoft is absolutely the driver's seat uh it's going to be fun to watch it will, and it it, it's going to test a lot of things like i think the the reason i focused in my article about this is a founder bet is that applies to all this. Like number one, only a founder could pivot 
a mm. company in this direction. Yeah, totally. Number two, can you change the very nature of a company and what it's about to be to be you know not about your existing apps and not being a social thing, but being this completely different sort of experience. And then three, can you beat uh, 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 an incumbent with a manager, not a founder, just because you have that sort of vitality and energy and ability to pivot that found founder led companies usually do. It's um, and I mean, it's, it's worth it. But I think they're a clear number two. I, I do think they're better positioned than Apple. I, I just, I'm, I just don't think Apple's going to get it. Um, again, they're going to have the best hardware, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. There will be. All right. Well, it was uh, good to catch up so soon. Uh, it, it is. I, I uh, Making amends for the past six months, right? Yeah, we certainly had enough to talk about. I, mean, <laughs> I, I I've, it, And it's, I don't know, I'm very energized by this because on one hand, it, it, I, you know, of course, it's a long ways out. You know, it, it's going to take a while for this to come to market. On the other hand, uh, it just, and I think I think the reason, the, the the I think the problem that people like you and I fell into with this is the same problem you were talking about. We were so locked in a phone paradigm, mm. and it would make sense that whatever came next would have to be completely different than the phone paradigm. And again, it's not to say this is right, but once you let go of that paradigm and, and sort of like rethink it and reshift it, suddenly the possibilities seem much greater than they were previously. I I agree. Um I I think this is a thing. I, I agree. Yeah. And and it, it yeah. There's also interesting tie-ins with like the um the Carlotta Perez stuff and just like the this the spreading out of of folks and like technology enabling it in a golden age. It's it's I don't know. I find it endlessly interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, wrote, I wrote about that again last week, and I saw it probably got lost because it was the day before the meta stuff. But I like I, I felt like I, I kind of wanted to get that out. I, I should have saved it for this week. But uh, but yeah, this idea that because I think the important part that she focused on is it's a technological revolution if it changes the way society is organized and this idea of work being online is a change it's not a change for everyone again we've talked about it being sort of white collar knowledge workers but then you think about how many other parts of society have already reorganized around this and i think a lot of the delivery services all the e-commerce stuff all of this supports a world where you you and I get to sit and work at home. And I mean, it sounds bad, but basically people come and bring us food and bring us goods. But that like, and honestly, this is one of Facebook's advantages. Facebook is very good at like serving people how they actually are without trying to look look good or bad about it, right? Like this came up in the interview where Zuckerberg was like, oh, imagine you could be in a meeting and like be replying to a text message on the side. And everyone mocking that. No, but, but that's what people actually do. Like that's, and I think this is one of Zuckerberg's superpowers is actually giving people what they actually want, not what they say they want, which is tends to be more sort of makes them, it's kind of the inverse of people wanting to make themselves look good. People want to pretend what they want is more aspirational. And I actually want to be present in a meeting and I want to pay close attention. No, people actually want to send a message on the side. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's definitely one side of this, which is understanding the difference between actual and stated preferences. But there's also a 
again, I would- Give, Giving into your worst impulses. Yeah, exactly. There's a context stuff around technology that I think is really important. And I, that- Well, I think this is maybe, this is another way to frame the discomfort with Facebook is it frees you to give into your worst impulses and empowers those worst impulses. Yes. And that, that's, then that's, that's, that's part of the I'm, problem. That's what I'm driving at. That's a really good way of articulating it too. All right. Well, we are going to go on for two hours if we don't, if we don't stop. Yeah. So we will, we'll draw the line here. Uh, I need to get this article out now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I'm, it's going to be interesting. To, I'm sure we'll talk about it again going forward. Look, sounds good. Look forward to it. All right. Talk to you later. See you, mate.